Welcome back. Welcome back. We're here. It's the Bet Online Salute to Troy podcast. We got your girl, world class, a class athlete, Candace Davis Price. Hey. We got the man, Ryan Dyroot, aka Rye Die. And it's your boy, your host, as usual, Al Rowe. We're back. So we're going to discuss a couple of things. We're going to recap what happened on Saturday. We're going to tell you, we're going to, the bucks of all of us, we're going to tell you five good, five bad things we would love to see change. And we're going to keep moving forward. I'm going to run this. I'm going to start this thing off. Let's start with the five good. The five good things that we did see on Saturday is number one. Um, number one, as a true freshman, has a bunch of upside. And he does not have a ceiling right now, right? We don't know what's going to happen in the future. You can't predict what happens, what's going to happen in the future. But you have to give him the ball. Putting the ball in his hands is probably the best thing possible. People are comparing him to a former USC player. I'm not going to give him that yet, and I'm not going to say it yet. I'll wait until his junior year when we're in a big studio by then, and we'll have millions <laughs> of followers. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but I, you have to get the ball in number one's hands. Number one, impress me. Keep him on special teams. Number one, I'm going to say this. Number one needs to be like Ezekiel Elliott, his rookie year with the Cowboys. So if you give him the ball by by handing the ball off to him, if you give the ball by throwing it to him, but he needs at least 10 minimum touches a game. You give number one 10. Uh, I don't know. You're putting me on the spot. I could find out real quick. I'll, I'll look while you're talking. Yeah. Okay, so, just curious. Yeah, he, uh, he needs at least 10 minimum touches. He's, he's the guy every time he's touched the ball, you're going to hold your breath, right? So what that does now is now you have two people every time the ball's in their hand, you're going to hold your breath. That right there changes everything, and that makes you a national contender, right? So the whole goal is to become a national contender, keep up with the best, and they're a number six team in the nation. So you have two threats on offense now when you are in, not even on offense, even on special teams. So when you're having team meetings, you have to plan for this dude in two phases of football, right? And the goal is always to win three. So now you're planning for this dude in two phases of football. And if he starts getting carries, as long as Pat with passes, now that's really scary. Cause you're going to have to plan for him with two. You're going to have to plan from two different ways. And then you have also have to plan for Caleb and then don't let those freshman receiver get good. Cause once the freshman receiver get into stride, it's really going to be a nightmare. So like, there's a ton of upside there, right? But number one, it's Jupiter is his limit. Like Jupiter is his limit. We're not even going to stop him at the sky. Jupiter is his okay. limit, so he has a bunch of potential. So he had uh, he had five touches. He had four targets, four catches, and one carry. Plus, obviously, the the special team stuff. Right. That's not enough. Yeah, that's not. Enough. I agree. That's I mean, how, let me ask. Let me ask you this. And first of all, thanks for welcoming us. Like, hello. Like, we could say hi, right? Like, hi. How are you? Yeah. Hi. You, just, you just you just jumped right into it. Not even oh, like, hey, how's it going? What's happening on this Monday? I'm sorry, uh, guys. We're so excited! (laughs) Just pumped. Trojan football's back. Yeah, Candace is a softball champion. You guys, I just want to let you guys know she won the softball championship eight thirty Eastern time. So there you go. See, yeah, see that stuff we need to know. That's valuable information. So uh, let me ask both of you guys this then. So I'll toss. uh, Let's go to you first, Candace, and then for Dew. So more touches for number one, Zachary Branch. But when you just look at all the mouths, Dorian Singer. Mario Williams, uh, you know, uh, Makai Lemon is a freshman. You got Brendan Rice, all these. You got Deuce Robinson, who's a five-star front. Like, who do you take away from to get him? Is it, is it going to piss anyone off, or you just say, I don't care, this guy needs 10, and, and we'll figure out the rest? I don't know. I'm giving your boy Lincoln Riley credit again because Al says I'm just so tough on him. But I kind of feel like there was more strategic on his – um, on his coaching effort, right? Everyone got a little bit of touch and whose opportunity was it going to be to shine? So now when he does get his 10 touches and they are, they're taken away from that entire bunch, then it's like he's outshined, close to outshined our Heisman Trophy winner, right? So there's a lot of justification in everyone got an opportunity. I was once told everyone had opportunity to have the same resources and look what was done with them, right? So I kind of feel like as we talked about um, on Sunday, there was an opportunity for everyone to shine and your, your megastar outshined everyone. So I don't think that it's, I think that 
Lincoln Riley plays chess. Strategically, he was looking to see who shines, and now he can start setting his schemes around that guy with no questions and no pushback. So here's the deal. We set minimum 10 touches, right? That's five receptions, five carries. It seems like he had way more than five touches. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. because he's so electric. But that's five five handoffs, five carries. I mean, five handoffs, five passes, right? Five receptions. That's that's easy. He could, Lincoln Riley could get that done in the first half, right? So – the thing about it is, and I don't know why they didn't do it on Saturday, but Austin Jones should be your number one back. And that's your and, guy. Yeah, that's my guy. That, I, that's I, your I'm, guy. I'm a favorite. I'm, but you got to remember, like, and and we were on the show last year, Ryan, when Austin Jones, when um, Travis Dye got hurt, and he was like, well, yep. what do they do? I was like, I'm not worried. Austin Jones, they're going to run power now. Power is God's play. You can run power, and if you dominate power, right, then – you're you have the game one no even in today's football like so you could give you could give uh zachariah branch you could give him a bunch you could give him five carries and it's, it's it could be fly sweep right it could be any type of toss they ran a play on yep off of jet motion they ran a play on they ran a play on saturday where they motion zachariah branch Caleb williams and they ran an option play like old school rich rod so there, there's there's more than there's more there's more than a thousand ways to get him the ball, to have him pop a big play, and still keep everybody happy. Now, here's the good thing about it: you start game planning on Zachariah Branch. Now everybody becomes open, right? You can only key in on one player, right? Yep. You can't key in on two. So you got to take your pick. Are you going to key in on Zachariah Branch? Or are you going to key in on, on Caleb on Caleb Williams? Now Makai Limit comes open. Austin Jones starts to pop big runs. Brandon Rice. Who I'm also a big Brandon Rice fan. Brandon Rice is, the, you know me, he's the guy that you don't game plan against and he'll pop you, right? Yeah. All these receivers, they have 13 receivers. I mean, Dorian Singer might be the best receiver yeah. in the Pac-12. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, and Dorian Singer's the guy from Arizona. Arizona. So, yeah. like, there, there's, there's, there, there's going to be weeks where these guys are not going to have a lot, but there's going to be a weeks where these guys have a lot, right? So, Zachariah Branch might only have 80 yards and a kickoff and a kickoff return. But Dorian Singer might have 115 yards and two touchdowns. So <laughs> there's plenty of talent. There's plenty of ball to go around. You just have to strategically do it. And Lincoln Riley understands it, right? You said Mario Williams. I think Mario Williams, I don't think, and it, it sucks. I don't think there's a spot for him. I think Lincoln Riley out-recruited him. And, and it is what it is. That's fine. But Mario Williams is going to be a guy, He stay, if even if he stays at SC next year, he says that SC next year he's going to get drafted third, fourth round, and he's going to be a star in the NFL. It's just not right now because there's better talent. Than, but Mario Williams is going to be like Brandon Rice. It's going to be a game where Mario Williams is going to show out, or it might be three games where Mario Williams show out. He's still a he still have the game plan against him, and he's still an aspect. So there's plenty of ball to go around. See, I, I not to push back, but I, I kind of think there is actually a, a lot of opportunity for Mario Williams this year. And he, to me, he's kind of within the media. He's kind of the forgotten receiver. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's, he was starting on the depth chart going into week one. Part of that's familiarity because there are so many new guys. Uh, but I just think as that slot, that true slot guy, like he has now, obviously Zachariah Blanche can play all over, but you know, Dorian's a true X or Y Brendan Rice, I think is a true X or Y. And Mario is kind of a true slot. So I think there's still opportunity for him now, whether or not, you know, he ends up getting phased out, if you will, just because of the, the younger talent coming up, that's to be seen. But I think he's, he's going to be very involved in what's I think exciting for me, Alan Candace this year is, you know, when you looked at last year's offense, when Jordan Addison was Jordan Addison was clearly the best receiver on the team last year, clearly like when he was injured for some of those games, obviously Caleb did what Caleb does. He won the Heisman, but it was like, there wasn't a guy that stepped up, in Addison's absence. Mario had a couple good moments. Rice obviously had the, the huge game against Tulane. Um, but outside of that, it wasn't like a guy just really took off. And whereas this year, every week it could be someone else. Like next week could be Dorian. The week after that could be Mario's game. Then Zach's game again. Then Brendan Rice. Game. Like there's so much talent now that it, you don't have just one guy that can pop off. It can be six guys on any given, any given Saturday. I, I agree. I, I, I 100% agree. I don't disagree with that at all. It could be – and. That is that's that's the beauty of what they did recruiting wise, and that's how much they got better at the skill position. Well, just, last... your, your guy Lincoln, like there's just more strategy. Like anybody can, had access to that um, transfer portal, 
So whatever Lincoln Riley was selling at USC, these kids were buying and they were believing in it and he's got their buy-in, right? So everyone had the same access. There might be a little bit of glitz and glamour with palm trees and Los Angeles, but the reality of it is you got Georgia losing players to USC. And don't get me wrong, Lincoln Riley's great, but he's nothing spectacular. So for whatever he's got this team drinking the Kool-Aid, you got the buy-in of these guys. Also, I just felt like, like my core, Lincoln Riley was trying to give just a sprinkle of what he had available just to kind of distract, like, okay, if we pull this gate guy at the game, we pull this gate at the guy at the game, you don't really shut them down. The only thing we're concerned about is the defense. But I don't know if that's, <laughs> I don't know if that's because of the offense was able to put up so many points with so many players in so many creative ways that the defense just looked like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, we'll get yeah. we'll get to the defense when we talk about our five improvements. I, I, okay. <laughs> but, but, what, yeah, no. I one more point, one more point, Al and Candace, our minds are like exactly thinking the same way because on the the transfer portal thing, I think what's so and you guys may have talked about this, but I haven't talked about it with you. I think what's so impressive with how deep this room is is all these guys had the potential to transfer out. Also, seeing how many mouths were to feed. So whatever culture has been built and the buy-in, the Kool-Aid, whatever you want to call it, it's built, these are guys knowing they're not going to be the the shiny diamond of the offense. Like it's going to be give and take. And there's going to be some weeks where they have two catches, some weeks where they have eight. And and so that I think is a huge storyline of just the buy-in of this culture that they want to be a part of it because, you know, Mario could have gone, Mario could have gone to any other school he probably wanted to and been the number one receiver there. And he's number five here at SC. So I think that just shows the buy-in. Which is cool. Well, I mean, Bear could have went to UCLA because he could have been Bear and played off of that, right? But he came to be a Trojan. That's right. Hey, there that's you go. true. But so, so Bear Bruin. <laughs> yeah. So, so just just speaking off of transfer portal, and this is just my prediction, and it may not come true, but I believe the SEC schools are going to tr- struggle when it comes to NIL and transfer portal. I understand these schools could give you a lot of money and they could match the offer, but here's the difference, right? If I'm the Pac-12 Player of the Week. That very same week, I'm throwing out the first pitch at the Dodger game. If I'm the Pac-12 player of the week, that very same week, I'm sitting floor side at the Laker game, and I'm getting honored on the scoreboard. I'm sitting floor, I'm sitting glass side at the Kings game, and I'm getting honored on the scoreboard. Right? I could go anywhere in L.A. I could be on uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy yeah. Kimmel, right. I could be on anything at, a, at the drop of a dime just because I'm in L.A., right? I could, I, I could have a billboard now. Because I was a Pac-12 player of the week. Just like that, right? I, I'm a, I become I, – so you can't do that in Tuscaloosa. You can't do it in Athens. You can't do it in Baton Rouge. You can't do it in Gainesville. Where, where, you can't do it in College Station. You could do it in Nashville, right? But Nashville's Vander- You can't do it in Norman, <laughs> Oklahoma. Nope. You can't do it in Austin because Austin's almost seven hours away from Dallas, right? So, you, I mean, maybe closer to Houston, maybe probably you could get to Houston faster than Austin, but you can't really do it there. I understand the money's the same, but I went from being a kid to being a celebrity in Los Angeles, California. Can't offer that in Tuscaloosa. I don't care what you say. I could go hang out with the Kardashians as an 18-year-old. Like, yeah. seriously. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just like that, I could go hang out with the Kardashians. Like, I'm going to school with Kobe Bryant's daughter. Like, there's so many things. There's well, aren't, so, the Ob- aren't the Obama's daughters at USC? The too? Obama, yeah, one of the Obama. Yeah, they transferred of them from, one of them transferred from Michigan to go there. Like, so. like that's what I'm saying. Like, there there, I, I could go to school with the Obama's daughters. Like, I'm hanging out with celebrities. Like, the goal is to be a celebrity. And now with NIL, I could be a celebrity in college. But, Al, but, that was always the standard at USC. And that's why it, I'm so it was this. It was the standard, but we couldn't sit floor side. <coughs> Excuse me. We, we couldn't sit floor side. At Laker games, we couldn't throw out the first pitch at Dodger. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. We you're could, you could up. do that now. I could be on ESPN throwing out the first pitch with a custom made Dodger jersey that I get to keep now because it's not a, it's not a violation. What my Dude, Caleb Williams, it. Caleb Williams has a Dodger bobblehead. There was Dodger bobblehead, bobblehead right? That's like what two weeks ago. It was Caleb Williams oh, Dodger really? bobblehead. That yes, oh, it's you, badass. Yeah, you, you could do that now. Like I could go to the Dodger game, and I could wear. Do you understand if I was the Paxwell player of the week and the Dodgers called me to throw out the first pitch and I get a Dodger jersey with my number on it, with my name on it? Do you know how happy I would be being a kid from L.A., a Dodger fan, my whole life? <laughs> like, like, that's everything. Like, I play for USC and I got to throw out the first pitch for the Dodgers and I get to watch the Lakers floor side. Like, well, well, think about how much talent we had with, you know, you have my guy, Desmond Marine's on my list, but you got Reggie Bush. 
You had Desmond Reed who could have went anywhere else and been, you know, a part of it. But guys will be willing to come and be that role player like a Desmond Reed just because of all the things that you said. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Me, I, I was a role player, but hey, if, if they offer me four slice seats at the Lakers game, be like, here's $250 to do a little promo, I will be there with no problem. I would have been there with no problem. So <laughs> give me a free hot definitely. dog. I'm there. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, before, give me free parking and I'm there. Any free parking yeah. in the way, sign me yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Before we move on to our, our, our next few points of the, the positive from Saturday, I want to remind you guys, it is the first week of college football, and the first week of college football means you have to get your bets in, get all your parlays in, covers your odor, play your money lines, and the best place to do that is BetOnline. BetOnline.ag has everything that you need up to the minute live action. They have all the latest spreads. They have all the all the analysis that you need. That's BetOnline.ag. Not only that, BetOnline will give you a 50% welcome bonus if you use promo code BELIEVE. That's BL. EAV. I got it right this time, Ryan. <laughs> Promo code BLEAV. Go to betterline.ag. That's where the game starts. All right, let's move forward. Another good thing that I that I saw. So I went back watching YouTube. Those safeties nice. are good. Those safeties are good. Those safeties, oh. those safeties are are good. Really USC good. safeties are saying, right? Williams yes. and Bullock. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Watching it, I went back and watched the game from the best that I can. But those safeties are good. They're they're true tacklers. They're over the top of a lot of things. They blew some stuff, but I don't know if they. I don't. I don't know their scheme to know if they blew it, or if the corner blew it, or if something wasn't there. But for the most part, those safeties are good. And here's a good thing about those safeties: they're young. Those are young dudes. One of them's a sophomore. One of, we might lose. We might lose Bullet because he's a junior, and. Yeah. If they talk about Thursday draft, he's gone. But those safeties are good. Those safeties take, are really good. I take that from you because the way you were breaking down them defenses the other day, you're a pretty critical guy. So we know that they're good if you stay and they're good. Those safeties, they're they're really good. They're really good. And I think <clears throat> they were just getting their feet wet. And a lot of people don't know, it takes four games to get in game shape. It takes four four games to for the game to slow down for you because you've been going at practice for a whole month going at practice speed which is still fast but game is a little bit the game is faster it takes four games to do that so like when you see these first four games you see players huffing and puffing they're playing at a higher pace than they normally plays here's a perfect example candace when you run your very first 110 of the year right you're in shape. You feel good working out. You run your very first one ten of the year. All of a sudden, you get over that last hurdle, run those last meters, you cross the finish line. You're like, damn. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're dragging. That's a great analogy, though. And I like how you connect that perspective because it's important to remember that everyone's not an elite athlete or even plays at the college level. So when people see that, they're like, oh, the tempo is this. A practice tempo is not nearly the same as competition that adrenaline's not pumping the stadium's not roaring there's so many factors that go into a performance so right so them getting their feet wet when after game four they're going to be you're going to be like oh man these dudes these dudes are good they're going to be begging Bullock to stay they're going to beg him to stay they're because he could very well make a lot a lot a lot of money Right. So it's a decision that he has to make. Does he want to make keep does he want to make that money or does he want to make that money? Like so does he want to be a job or does he still want to party at the 90? So that's those are the right. questions that I have to ask. Tough so. call. <laughs> Who does uh I mean, I don't even know if you like doing this, Al, but I, I love doing player comps. It's you know, whatever, it's fun. Yeah. Like is there is there a safety out in the NFL that you kind of see Bullock comping to? Bullock based reminds- on his size and, and play style? Bullock doesn't have Bullock is is taller than him, but he they probably weigh the same. But Bullock reminds me of Bob Sanders. Okay, and that's a good to me. Kind of reminds me of like a Justin Simmons because Simmons kind of that wiry frame. Yeah, and uh, you know he's he's a better tackler than giving credit, but he's not like a thumper. Right, um, so that's kind of where I see the the comp there. The only thing I'll say with the safeties is what's really exciting is Bullock's great. I mean, if if the season goes well, he'll be a first round pick. Max Williams, I think, is extremely underrated. Uh, but the fact that you have you know, redshirt sophomore Zion Branch, who's basically just getting up to speed from missing all of last year. And he's probably the most talented out of the whole group. And so it's exciting that he'll maybe by week four or five, six, he'll be in the rotation too. Yeah, that'd be good if he, if and he had he a is, great fall great. camp. That's perfect. That's a good deal. Yep. Before we move on, do you guys have anything else that you guys want to discuss that you guys are happy with from Saturday's game? Go ahead, Candace. What, what, what were you, what, 
what's the point you loved from Saturday's game? I mean, we talked about it. I was just happy to see Zachariah. I mean, I haven't seen that type of player in a long time at USC. And I was don't say the name. Don't say the name. We're not saying the name yet. I saw Matt compared to one of his former teammates, and I thought that was a pretty uh, certified, like, credential to come from um, Matt Leiner. So I won't say any names, but there was some, (laughs) like, we we talked about it. My era, our era, they're seeing stuff on YouTube and big pads, and the game is looking pixelated. That It feels like 1970 to them, right? So to some guys, this is the this is their Reggie Bush or this is their Linda White. Like they don't know that. You know what I mean? Like I don't know Marcus Allen. I don't know OJ Simpson. So to them, this is going to be their era. And I'm and I'm very excited about that. I just felt like USC was missing that. And again, back to your boy uh, Lincoln Riley, he put some stuff together. And I just feel like it's strategic again, like Yes, some people in California like football, but not like in the SEC, not like in the Midwest. They die for this, right? LA is about glitz, glamour, fame, fast, and explosion. So him being that electrifying electrifying player are going to fill those Coliseum seats. It's going to keep um, boosters happy. It's going to want donors to donate more. And we know USC is all about that. So seeing that electrifying guy out there again, it's got me excited. I'm going to have to stay up late for games now. There you go. That's good. Keep Candace up late. Uh, For me, Alfred, this this, I'm going to spin this in a way because it's going to sound surprising, but I'm going to spin this in a way that makes sense. And it's again, it's week zero. So we want to see improvement. There's obviously stuff to fix and get better at. But overall, I thought a positive was the rush defense. And so let me explain myself because I know they gave 198 yards on the ground. But when you really break it down, the running they gave up to the their main running back Conley. They gave up one 57 yard run. Outside of that, he had under under 60 yards rushing for the game. And in the quarterback, they had some broken plays where they gave up 52 total yards to him on 10 kind of broken rush plays. Outside of that, they were under you know 80 yards total on the day. And so those are obviously part of it. That's included in the stat line. Those are were given up big broken plays. They gave up touchdowns on it. But it, when you look at a body of work to grow upon. And week zero, I thought overall the rush defense looked more fortified. The, the, the front line with the likes of Kion Bars, Bear Alexander looked much better. I thought Mason Cobb and Tackett Curtis looked great as your, you know, your second defense in the linebacker unit. So there were some issues on the edge, as we talked about on the live show. They, they're giving up some busted plays and obviously not doing con- contain the quarterback as he did the scramble drill. But those are all fixable things. I thought overall we saw the talent was much better in that middle of the defense. So Maybe it's a spin job, but overall, I think the rush defense looked improved, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it now in week two. I 100% agree with you. So here's the difference. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> week zero. That's so, a wild. Thing. So yeah. oh yeah, I, yeah. So here, <laughs> here, I, I agree with you, and people don't understand how good Bear Alexander really is, and people don't understand how explosive he really is until you see him in person. Bear Alexander looks like one of those freak athletes. Bear Alexander is about 6'6", but he looks like he only weighs 220, and he moves fast. And so the difference between this year's defense and last year's defense is they gave up a lot of runs up the middle. The big runs weren't up the middle. The big runs were on the edge. So they, they weren't able to run up the middle, and that's because of Bear Alexander. And uh, tell me the defensive tackle. I'm sorry, Ryan. You're muted. Jeez, my daughter's crying in the bathtub outside. Oh. So, uh, uh, no, Be- uh, Bear Alexander, Kion Bars, and Jack Sullivan were kind of yeah, the three main- mainstays. So those those are the those those guys do make a difference. Now I will tell you this: number thirteen is good. Number thirteen on defense is good. Mason Cobb, yeah, Cobb is a Cobb, Cobb is, is a kid. dude. I've I haven't seen anybody run sideline to sideline at SC. Well, I will say this. Uh, uh, game. Who was the linebacker last year? Number 10, Ryan. Oh, Raylan Goforth? Raylan Goforth. I'm going to give you guys a disclaimer. I'm not good with names, with rosters, so good thing we have Ryan, Ryan on the show now. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan's the guy, yeah. Ryan, you need to be working in election <laughs> fact-checking stuff because your stuff is solid. So well, Raylan Goforth... It's in the press box, so I have it all yeah. in front of me all the time, so that helps. Ray, Raylan Goforth ran sideline to sideline last year. Um, yeah. I thought I thought he was... I, I was hoping he would have stayed because he would have been really good beneficial to the defense this year but mason cobb plays like ray maluga 
there's no there's no stop there's no stopping him it's, that's a ferocious guy yeah it's 100 percent he like, led the big 12 in tackles last year I mean, he's 100 percent the whole time when you watch You're already him, seeing glimpses of this yes you when, you, when you when you watch him in person he's all over the field he's all go all the time runs off the field i didn't see him walk once third down he's jogging off the field like he's a all go all the time 13 is really good so schematically he's put in bad positions in my opinion but he him playing like football him as a football player great pickup great pickup oh, yeah. and he's going to be a key to the success for USC Here's a fun Mason Cobb story that's like the most USC thing ever. So I, I was at Pac-12 Media Day back in July out in Vegas, and and it was him and Caleb and Lincoln were the three guys out there. And first of all, you can just tell how stoked he is to be at USC. Like you could, he would not wipe that smile off his face. Like you love when you see kids that are just so excited to play football for the Trojans. And he was, you know, just thrilled. He was just smiling your ear. But one of the first questions was like, you know, how are you liking your time at SC? Like how's it going? And his response, I'm paraphrasing, basically like, oh, you know, it's been great. You know, I love the culture. It was cool coming to Vegas. We flew in on our private jet, blah, blah, blah. I was like, that's the most <laughs> USC thing ever, coming in on your private jet. Just Lincoln, Caleb, and, and Mason Cobb flying, you know, they're not flying coach at SC. I was like, that's that's so SC. I love it. Very SC. That's so funny that they could say that now. Because they yeah, wouldn't have been able to say that when a couple – Yep. So before we get to the negative, we always start with the positive. Before we get to, to the negative, Candace, did you have breakfast this morning? Sadly, I did. did. Um, I did. I didn't. I, I'm waiting on my Maria. <laughs> I didn't. I took AG1. So did you? I had AG1 this morning. I always go with AG1. Why do I go with AG1? Tell me why AG1 is that deal. Because, first of all, AG1, I have to be on the job site at 5.30 in the morning, right? AG1 has all the vitamins, all the nutrients, all the antibodies that you need in order to have great gut health. But it also keeps you full, tastes great, and it keeps me from stopping at a drive-thru on my way to work at 5.30 in the morning for a quick breakfast. It gets me through that 9 a.m. wall for those people who work early in the morning. Know by the time 9 a.m. comes, you get hungry again. I'm still able to power through and have enough energy and I know that I'm putting something into my body that is good for me and it's not preservatives and all the salty food. AG1 is offering a five free travel packs, which are first purses, as long as vitamin D. And and if you if you join them today, they will also give you a welcome pack. If you want to go to a, if you want to try AG1, go to drinkag1.com backslash salute Troy. And once again, that's drinkag1.com backslash salute Troy. Your girl loves AG1. She loves AG1. Yes. I'm going to just tell you people right now, if you don't have AG1, have a couple days with it and have a couple days without it. Okay? Because I'm waiting for the second re-up and I had a figure eight donut in a Celsius. And my day has been very terrible. Okay? My (laughs) weight room performance was like this. I love that AG1. I wish I would have had that in college. Heck, I've been giving it to my high school football players we're number 25 in the country, number one in the state of Michigan. Just had to pub that. And they eat hot Cheetos and, and Fago. So I'm breakfast trying to tell champions. you. Breakfast and Skittles because Marshawn Lynch did it. But that's a whole other thing. I'm just trying to tell you, if you don't have AG1, get it in your life. Quit playing with yourself. You Cut go. your crush bill and your Starbucks. You'll be thanking me later. And then take that extra money and bet. And where should they bet, Al? Let's bet online. BetOnline.ag. Promo code BELIEVE. Professionals. Say it with the chest. <laughs> I got this over here. <laughs> All right, here we go. So we're going to move into the bad, and I'm going to start this off. So I'm not going to start where you think where you think I'm going to start. I think Lincoln Riley was too conservative on offense this past Saturday. When he started, the, let me. When he started, he was really <laughs> explain really, yourself. I am. When he started, he was really. When he started, he was really conservative. He wasn't running his offense. They moved down the field on the first drive just because they were better than San Jose State. But Lincoln Riley gets into these things at times to where he wants to get cute. So he wanted to show off all his new toys instead of just going and doing what he does. So he was kind of showing off his new toys, and it wasn't really the time to show off his new toys. Like, just do what you do and go dominate. Right. So the second half came and he really got into his mode and then the score suits for itself. And he does that at times. He does. He 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 gets 
fancy sometimes. And that's kind of his kryptonite to where his mind is always going and he has these new ideas and he wants to do these new ideas, but he just needs to go with what works. Right. It's kind of just, a, it's kind of the Sean McVay syndrome. Sean McVay does it with the Rams all the time. Yeah. Like he, he wants to get pretty like run power with Austin Jones. Austin Jones is a downhill back. Like just run power with Austin Jones. You don't have to give him all this other stuff, run power, run counter, run inside zone. That's all you have to do with Austin Jones. He'll get you six. Right. And then eventually he'll pop one for you. He might not score a touchdown, but he'll get about 45 for you. And that's what he does. Right. Get the ball in space to all these other guys. Like he just gets real cute, like some coaches will say you in the industry. All that game, you wanted to see all that in game zero. That's what you wanted to see. <laughs> no, no. I just wanted to see him just do what he does. Like he didn't have to show off his new toys. Like if he did, if he, if he, if he just let the kids play and not get real cute and try to get creative. You think he got, I think he was, the coach in me sees him letting these kids play and now he can really build around that because. Right. He let him, he let him play in the second half and the first half, it was kind of like, man, like this needs to really get going. It was kind of stagnant for a little bit. Like it wasn't really like, you know what I mean? Like mm. then once he let it go, it was like, oh, okay, this is who we came to see. Like, all right, it's perfect. So that's that's just, you know, that's just that's my observation. That's my opinion. Yeah, and you're a coach and a former athlete and a Rose Bowl champion, and everything else. So your eyes are very critical. <laughs> that's the beer goggles students in the second quarter. They're like, wait, what happened? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you uh, just to play devil's advocate. Like I see it as, you know, and it's, this is no disrespect to a San Jose state or a Nevada next week, but you see it all the time. Like you use this first game to kind of really get a feel of like what you have in certain instances. Like, you know, how good Caleb is, you know, how good Dorian Singer can be, you know, how good Austin Joan is, but you want to see like, okay, where does Zachariah really fit within this offense? Like how do we utilize Mario Williams in this, which starting five on the offensive line are going to be our starting five up against Utah in like week eight, right? Like we're rotating eight right now. So I agree with you, uh, but if I'm just playing devil's advocate, I see it more of a, he's almost using that first half as like a, an extended practice just to like really mm -hmm. iron out who's going to be your next. That sounds so disrespectful to a, a San Jose State who's actually I was just about really about to say that, I, was, I was just about to say that. You said no disrespect to San Jose State, but then no, you guys were practice. practice. That's why USC is paying him $2 million to come down to the college. Thank department, so. you. They got a nice cash app drop straight to their account. They not mad <laughs> about it. Is so. that what the is that what the payout was? Two million? Oh, I, I think have it was no more idea. than that. Oh, I have no yeah. idea. Probably more. USC inflation. It was two million when they played Fresno State and Reggie ran it up seventy two points. <laughs> That's not flying anymore. So if we get the beat down on national television, you are gonna pay us right? Week zero, everybody's watching us. No one else. So yeah. yeah. Well, I, except that it was on the Pac twelve network, so nobody saw it. But nobody saw it. That's it another story. You said the Pac four. The Pac-4 network, yeah. Pac-4 network. It was on Tubi. It was airing on Tubi or whatever those <laughs> other random streaming services are. <laughs> what you got, Al? What's, what's, our, what's our next negative? You want me to throw in one in there? Yeah, go ahead and throw one in. Uh, so I would say, and we talked about this on the live stream, we kind of, I mentioned it, but I would say for now, the offensive line. I think it's a work in progress. I'm not worried about it i think it will get good uh like i said yesterday you know i think last year's offensive line looked a little sluggish to start and they became one of the best in the pac-12 I, I have confidence that'll happen again they're just finding their right starting five uh but at this point week zero that was definitely not a elite offensive line for what they want to do moving forward no, i have a I, question go ahead so i talked we talked about this with some of our my players today and we're talking about o-line and does the o-line get better and then it solidifies you know, Caleb has free reign. Or if the O-line doesn't get better, Caleb still is who he is, but he, does he, he has to scramble more. He has to do all these things. He still becomes Heisman Trophy. So if this O-line improves, does that allow Caleb to show us how great he is even more? Yes and yes. Oh, okay. I, I agree with you. The O-line gets better than – so here's a couple of things that kind of – I don't know if people paid attention to. There was a couple of times – where Caleb was just in the pocket. They dropped eight and nobody was open because there's only four receivers that had eight people in coverage. And he was just in the pocket and he didn't scramble. Like he legit like kept his eyes down feels like, all right, I'm gonna throw the ball. But he was like unable nine to throw seconds. <laughs> yeah, he was unable to throw the ball. And so he just scrambled. Like, so 
that's the thing that people that is one of Caleb's biggest, biggest like that's one of the best things he does is the fact that he keeps his eyes downfield the whole time. Even when he's scrambling, his eyes are downfield. And you could compare him to another quarterback in the NFL, a two-time Super Bowl champion, who kind of does the same thing. But I think Caleb does it. Oh, I don't know if he does it a little bit better because they play on two different levels. For but for college, he does it. He's one of the best in college to do it right now because the way he keeps his eyes downfield. So if he has five in front of him, that's protecting him, and nobody's open, he's going to have a bunch of rushing yards, right? If he doesn't have five that's protecting him, he's still going to have a bunch of rushing yards. But here's the difference. If he doesn't have five protecting him and you send one, you send a six-man pressure and you're dropping seven and somebody comes open, he'll have passing yards too, right? So that's the good thing about him. When he scrambles, it also breaks receivers open like Ben Roethlisberger. That's my other other point. To to their inefficient line, his strengths, he plays off of that. So you take you take it away and give him this safe, nice pocket with this great offensive line. You're right. He still makes plays happen, but just, you know, just throwing that out there. But here's the thing. If you don't protect him, what's the biggest thing that you have to worry about? Injury. There you go. It's him staying healthy and you want him to stay healthy. We don't want a Pac-12 championship from last year again. Like we don't want a sugar bowl. They were in. We don't want that last year. We don't, we want a 100% Alamo. It was cotton ball, cotton ball, cotton ball. I have like faint PTSD about what the yeah. bowl even was. Yeah, it was yeah. yeah. So don't cotton, know. we don't want to. We don't want another cotton bowl. Like we want a college football playoff appearance with uh, a healthy Caleb Williams, right? So we get a healthy Caleb Williams, that changes everything. You get an unhealthy Caleb Williams, it, it so the whole goal is we want the line to get better, so Caleb Williams stays healthy. There we go. So that's how you put it. Another thing yeah. I'm gonna bring up is here's one thing I'm gonna bring up. I'm going to bring up two things for the defense. Here's my first thing for the defense. <laughs> One thing, but two things. We're, yeah. on to the, we're on to the improvements, right? We're transitioning. The improvements, yes. yes. Here's okay. here's the first thing about we're on, the defense. We're on number three improvement, yes. Yeah. Okay. Here's the first thing about the defense. And it's week zero, right? So as it being week zero, first game of, first game of the year, you're getting in playing shape. You're getting your feet wet. You're playing in front of 63,000 people. Might have been the first time for some of them. It's the first time in a long time that you've done it. You have to eliminate the big plays. There were a lot of big plays given up by the defense, and that was just blown coverage, lack of communication, new guys on the defense. You have to talk. You eliminate the big plays, like Ryan said earlier. They didn't really give up a lot of. They didn't really give up a lot of big running plays, right? They gave up one big running play. You eliminate the big plays, you go into that low percentage play to where you want to start throwing the ball. You take care of that. That's fine. You know what I mean? They have to eliminate big plays, and I'll give them a pass. And that's the thing that that's a coach more of a coaching point. Like, hey, hey, y'all want to get better? Eliminate the big play. You start eliminating the big play, we start giving up less than 28. Just like that. They eliminate the big play. The scores, what was it, 52 to 14 on Saturday? Like they you easy get rid of two touchdowns. So just eliminate the big play. And I think once you eliminate the big play, I think a lot of there'll be a lot of ease on on um on the defense of crit- criticism. So that's where I am with that one. Yeah, I mean, I agree. That's that was the big story to me was the the big plays, and one of that was that you know third and twenty two QB scramble, and you you look at the film on that, and it's, you know Grinch was aggressive. They they blitzed one. Cobb was your QB spy, and Cobb read it wrong. I mean, he he went to the the left side of the line. The QB scrambled to the right, and it was wide open, and he ran for twenty seven or whatever for the first down. So it's just it's little things of exit like scheme but also execution like i thought it was, it was good to be aggressive on that play third and forever like why not send an extra blitzer you just need your your qb spy to kind of read it correctly and you know Cobb's new in the system and we just said earlier how great he is and how great he's going to be he just kind of read that situation wrong or, or he himself got a little aggressive and and stepped up too high so you you fix those little things and yeah you're, you're taking 14 points off the board maybe even 21 points off the board and then no one's even everyone's talking about how great the defense looks how improved yeah. it looks so yep. you know three plays make a huge difference I it mean, that's, you know his name, Ryan. The QB from San Jose. I don't want to mess it up. Cord- Cordario. Cordario. He was decent. He was pretty good. Yeah, he's good. He's been right. there. He's been. He's been there a while. He's good. Yeah, I, I thought he was. I mean, I thought he was pretty good. And I don't know. I, I guess he's, I'm just he's, a se- he's a senior. So I mean, he's been there. He probably played SC he's three years ago when they were here. Low key, COVID. Let's just keep it real. These COVID kids out here, they're like literally 27 years old. 
So he could be a super COVID team. They're not but 27. Was- they just got one extra year. They only get they get six years instead of <laughs> instead of five. Imagine if you got a imagine if I can go back and get a COVID year. I'll take a COVID isn't, year. isn't freaking like isn't Sam Hartman like Notre Dame's quarterback? He's like thirty. He's been in yeah. Like, he's been in college forever. And he well, well, right. when we talk about Oregon, we're gonna have to talk about um that sorry dude from uh Auburn. Oh, Bo Nix, yeah, he's... Bo Nix, and then the quarterback from Utah—they've been there thirty-seven. Cam Rising, like the, yeah, they're like the Shane Battiers of college football. <laughs> yeah. hey, don't go, hey, don't go away. <laughs> so, yeah, that this the so the second thing I'm going to say is this is where I'm gonna get hard. Alex Grinch gets paid too much money to have such a bad scheme. <laughs> I, I, that, I mean, like it, it's a little frustrating, and maybe maybe it works. You know what I mean? And 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 uh, I, I look at the stuff, and a lot of people say, "Well, when he got to Oklahoma, he got better. The, he got the defense better." Yeah, he did get the defense better because they were giving up a bunch of points. But they're not. Get, the The goal is to be elite, right? And the, he's not putting them in a situation schematically for them to be elite. They went and got talent. I'm not taking that away from them, but just schematically, like the, the the scheme is not sound to me. And maybe I just need to sit down with them, and and I would love to. I'll, I'll no, seriously, I love to sit down with them. Like, just talk to me and tell me what you do and how does this work and like and why why are you doing it and what's your theory behind this, right? And I would I'll be respectful about it, but I need to understand his scheme because watching it schematically, it just. It's just not sound and puts the team in a bad situation. So, like, to me, it's just like, dude, like, you have to come up with a better scheme. Like, just stay simple. Like, you want – he's he's also – he tries to get cute on defense. You can get cute on offense. You can't get cute on defense because the, the rules are set up for the offense to succeed. People want to see 52 to 49. People don't want to see 3 to 10. You see a three to ten game, they say, "Oh, the game was so boring." Blah blah blah. This and that. Nobody scored. They want to see a lot of points. Don't give up points. Let them score fifty-two. Let us give up fourteen, and let's keep moving. I I just don't like his scheme on defense from the outside looking in, and just from what I'm seeing, like he it has to get better. It has to get sound. It's just not sound, and I think he overcomplicated. And you can't overcomplicate defense. You have to keep it simple. Like defenses are one of the things you got to keep simple because there's so much going on. Not only that, you got four players playing backwards, right? And then you you're also reactive, so you have to react off what the offense is doing. Compared to the offense, they're not reactive; they know what they're doing before the ball is snapped, right? And you're guessing. Like you have to put them in the best situation possible and keep them from being from overthinking. And I think there's a lot of overthoughts, a lot of checks, and it just isn't sound to me. Yeah, that's I mean, me that's on my been, soapbox. <laughs> that's been the storyline with him. Yeah, so, it also you know, seems like the fans aren't happy with this French guy as well. I mean, I just did a, a little bit of scrolling, and I'm like, you don't want LA fans not liking you, especially some of them actually know football, but a majority of them just have money and want to see a good game. Yeah, it's right. it's tough because he's like he's he's such a like just person he's a good dude uh, i love like interacting with him as the media because he's like one of those you know you have those coaches right you ask a question and they give you like a five word answer like alex grinch well every answer is five minutes long because he's like he's going overboard telling you exactly what they're trying to do with the scheme with their players who they're evaluating he's giving you names on everyone like he's extremely respectful so it's like i, I really do like the guy but it's just it, yeah it's just not good enough for what usc should be and it, it doesn't even the sad thing is it doesn't have to be a a top five defense. They just need to be top 50. That's all they need to be is if they're a top 50 defense this is a national title team. Yeah. And that's the name of the game, right? So when the players are balling, your boy Cobb and bear, they get the recognition. Your, yeah. The offense is balling. Y'all, you guys named 17 offensive players. And no, when we, we rarely mention, Oh, Lincoln Riley. Yeah, sure. He's got some strategy, but we highlight this player. So that's just the name of the game. Like no one's yeah. blaming those 18 year old boys out there for maybe the miss, the read, the tackles, whatever we like. Al's been very fair. We don't know. But Alex, we like, you a grown man. We're going to need you to tighten up. Okay. <laughs> we need this good donor money. USC is a private institution. Okay. Do you, no. do you know what the, you know what the USC theme is this year? Like, you know, every, every, I don't know if every sports team, but football, you always have like a, a theme yeah. or a quote for the year. Do you know what it is? Mm-hmm. No, I don't. It's uh the long, the longer it goes, the better we get is their theme. Cause like last year, remember they, they were like last in the league in, in fourth quarter points. They gave yeah. up like 10 plus points per game. 
Uh, obviously, the two-lane game was, you know, they a collapse in the fourth quarter. So that was like the big theme at Media Day, and you know, and we'll see if it comes to fruition. I, it's hard to say this week because it was all, you know, backups in the fourth quarters. So we can't really put anything on that. So we'll see that how that actually looks going forward. See, that's that's just overthinking. You know, you know what one of our our, our models was when we were there with Coach Carroll. Finish. What? Finish. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they but they went they went into that. They went into that that uh and you know, this is all just now we're getting to like philosophy and Socrates yeah. and stuff, but they kept saying like it's we don't want to have the mantra of finish because that's saying we're looking at the end goal. Like we're saying as long as it goes, we're still getting better. So this thing could go to double overtime, triple overtime. Like we're not looking at where's the finish line and then we let up. We're looking at just like we just keep getting better, 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 better. So you know, yeah, I got yeah. I bought into it. I was hyped yeah, yeah, up. Okay, I, I I respect it now that they you got you that. drinking the Kool Aid, Ryan. They got you. Drinking I'm drinking it. I'm drinking it. Be right there to prove it. Hey, That's just right. finish. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like finish. I, I don't know, especially as an athlete, you, you like to have that in. Sometimes I. But I mean, you're a world class. You're a world class sprinter, so you like right. you legit have a finish line. Like there is a legit finish line. Legit, legit. Hey, in football, it's like you don't want to look at it. Like we're trying to get to that that zeros on the clock. It's like no, we're just going full board, like no matter what, past the and whistle. I, I get that though, because at the end of the day, you don't know where you're going to finish because you can only control right the the twelve games you have on your on your schedule. Well, thirteen now if you include the championship. So you don't know where you're going. And now you have to play a game to get to the national championship. So I I, I respect it. I I'm drinking the Kool-Aid too, Candace. I'm I, I respect it. I'm with it. Got the glass. I'll be when I get to LA, <laughs> I'll have to get on it. There you go. We'll have a shirt waiting for you. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, so um we got our the goods, we got our bads out. Let's just do a one more quick recap about Saturday. Um, I want to start with the world cap, the world class athlete. I want to hear your opinion about Saturday. Tell me real quick. Tell me what you think about Saturday. What you thought about Saturday? Honestly, it made me a bit less critical and a little bit of a Lincoln Riley fan. I've been looking for, you know, my Pete Carroll era, uh, at, you know, Ogeron, Sarkeesian, Lane Kiffin. These are guys I was just telling my team, like they raised me. You know, I was in the the locker room with them. I was doing two-a-days. Like, these were coaches that would come out to the track, and Pete Carroll and Keyshawn Johnson would, like, take my dog. I mean, it was, like, true family. So I had a bit of – I had a lot of skeptics um, towards Lincoln Riley. Um, there's no there's no hiding that I feel a certain way about people coming in that aren't already inclusive in. But to be fair, Starkeezy and all them were outsiders at one time too, right? So Lincoln so Riley – yeah. Okay. Don't come for my guy. Pete was an outsider. So I, 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 I pride myself in having some very high standards because USC. I mean, we are a prestigious, world-renowned university. Not nine point nine percent acceptance. Nine point nine. That's as lead as it gets, except for Long Beach. Like I didn't even know they wouldn't even accept me. But yeah, um, could, I was happy could. to see. We weren't good enough for you, so you're good. I think think I might have prejudged him a little bit too much and seeing what they were for and give me the good one. Four nine. Four Four and eight, eight four nine. I'm a bit of a coach and I know the type of work, I know the type of hours, I know the type of sacrifice that that, this man has been putting into making sure he came out and gave uh, the Coliseum a show. So I am, I'm almost a Lincoln Riley fan. It's week zero, so let's not get too crazy. Yes. And I'll be a big fan if he lets my boy Zacharias come over to the track team. Hey, he might. You're in the universe. You might. No, I love Lincoln. I'm a, I'm a huge Lincoln guy. But but yes, I think you, you make a fair point because, you know, you got to prove it. And he's had success offensively, but they've, you know, no college playoff wins. He's been to two. Um, defensively has never gotten over the hump. But, um, you know, I think this is his chance to truly prove it. And I think what he was able to instill culture wise has been, has been tremendous. And, and the biggest thing, I think we talked about it yesterday a little bit, but you know, with, with, with Clay held, I know no one likes to talk about him, but you know what his biggest thing was, right. Like who he recruited, like he stuck with that guy, right, wrong, or indifferent. And, you know, I, I get the loyalty. Like, I know he was a good dude and he was a really good guy, but you know, this is SC, you got to win games. And I think Lincoln's already proven, like, I don't give a, F like the best players playing like Zachariah is a freshman Mario you came with me from Oklahoma Zachariah is getting more reps because he's just better 
And so I think that is that winning culture that they've kind of built up, which has been good. Here's just a little, here's a little stat of what football does for what football does for your school in 2022, 64,256 students apply to USC. How many? 64,256 students apply to USC. Right. Jeez. In 2023, 80,790 students applied to go to USC. So in 20,000 more. 20,000 more. And look what it look what it was in like 2020. It was by like 20,000 <laughs> in the, wow. the peak play held era. That's crazy. I just have, a, I mean, I have a respect for him. I was a bit of, I prejudged him a little bit, but as, as my, I'm, I don't coach Pac, um, Pac-4 football teams or anything, but <laughs> to, see, to see the strategy and also knowing that how competitive the market is for these NILs, for um, this transfer portal, he nailed it. Every single coach had same access to all these players. And also- yep not just having to take the best talent, picking and pulling guys based off of what he sees and how it could grow. And that's what we, there's been a theme, a consistent theme of what USC is going to grow into just in the next two seasons, not just what it is now. So I'm looking forward to um, seeing what he puts together. Yeah, I'm not going to be a vote for Pete shirt or anything. I mean, a vote for <laughs> Riley. You ain't going to see me in that. What about yeah, you, Ryan? What, what do you take away from Saturday? Yeah, I think uh, I'll say this, you know, I've been, covering the team now for three years, uh, follow the team, obviously a lot longer than that been in LA since 08. And this is the most that I can remember. Maybe not in those early 08, 09 years, but I, I was, you know, not as close to the team. So in the most recent, probably decade, the most hype and excitement I've seen around this team. And you could feel it at the Coliseum. I know it wasn't like a quote unquote sell out, you know, what do we say? 65,000 there for a week zero game against San Jose state. Six, um, but yeah. Yeah. Around there 65 or so, but, but just in the city of LA, like you walk the streets and it's like, you can tell this is, yeah, the Rams are, you know, two years removed from the Super Bowl. Yeah. The chargers are, you know, Justin Herbert, there's a lot of excitement, but this is definitely a Trojan town when it comes to football. And, and it feels like that again, which it didn't five years ago. I mean, no one gave a, a rat's ass about the Trojans five years ago just because they hadn't been good and they were in turmoil. And now with, everything Lincoln Riley's done in such a short time. Um, you know, I think there's, that's been my biggest takeaway from Saturday is like, you could feel it in the stadium. Like people are pumped up and excited and all the alumni are back involved. I mean, two, two, three years ago, alumni didn't even go to games. And here we are at this game. All, you see all the alumni, Mark Sanchez doing the coin toss. I saw my guy Frost Ruck cruising the stadium. Uh, you know, obviously Sue Cravens and Cody Kessler and all those guys are doing the Trojan tailgate show. And, and, you know, again, I'm, I'm even less of a Pac-4 coach than you are, Candace. I have no connection to that. All I can do is speak on what I see and who I know. But, you know, I've talked to Frost, my buddy, a lot. And he said, like, as soon as Lincoln was hired, like, his big thing was getting the former players back involved because there was such a disconnect in the last years. And so he's done a really good job of, like, making sure the alumni is back involved, having that Trojan family kind of uh, back, you know, involved in the within the program and with the players. And you can feel that at the college. So, not a football answer, Coach Rowe, but that's kind of what I my vibe from Saturday. Jen, take notes, but I want to touch on this real quick. Oh, leave Jen alone. Um, USC <laughs> football is good for college football. And everything that Ryan just said, USC is winning. People are happy. People are excited. In US, like Los Angeles, they make this a football town. There's so many things that you could be doing. A Dodgers game, an Angels game. You can do Tons of things, but people filling that Coliseum, LA feels better. So if, if crime is down in South Central because the Trojans are winning, let's go. Don't you ever put the Angels in LA again. <laughs> my Don't bad, you my ever bad. do that again. My bad, my bad. It takes just as long to get from USC to Dodgers as it does to get to Anaheim with traffic. Hands down. Got it? You can be in Anaheim and the amount of time you sit on Figueroa for 62 minutes to get to Dodger Stadium. Facts. I don't That's care. Why That's why you don't take Figueroa. Yeah. <laughs> facts, facts. The Angels take the are train. not. The Angels, yeah, take the, or the shuttle. The Angels are not always seen. Listen, listen, Candace. I just want to let the, oh, before I go, I just want to let you know this because you're from Michigan. You don't know. Okay. The Angels, Clippers, Chargers, and UCLA <laughs> does not matter in L.A. 
They're just here for they're just here for the media deal. That's all they're here for. <laughs> just remember that. <laughs> anyway, so this is what I'm going to take away. There's one thing. There's and I, and I mentioned to you, mentioned this to you on Saturday, Ryan. The TV seats are full. If you were watching the game from TV, you would think that the thing was sold out. The seats were full all the way up to the top of the Coliseum. USC is back, right? And people are happy to be there, and they have the potential to be the hottest ticket in town like we talked about on Sunday. There is a bunch of talent on the field, and it's only week zero. And pregame jitters, right? It was just a measuring stick game. But the way they set up the schedule is to get better, right? They, they like – I'm going to pull one of Ryan's lines. No disrespect to any of these schools, but SC has three preseason games before they get into the, the grunt of their uh, – the, before they get into the grunt of their season, right? So they have the ability to get really good at game speed reps and be a really, really competitive football team, right? I know you're going to hear all the – well, they're in the Pac-12 and this and that. It is what it is. Like, they're – Pac-12 they're in the, this year. Yeah, the they, Pac-12 has multiple quarterbacks that are good. Pac-12 has plenty of talent that's good. People talk about how the Pac-12 disbanded. Do you know who's the biggest loser of the Pac-12 disbanding? Oregon State. Oregon State's been on a three-year surge for the past three years of being a very good competitive football team. They're not going to go win a national championship or anything. Oregon State's going to be in the Pac-12 title this year against USC. That's you think so? Yeah, Oregon State has Oregon State has been on an upward trend for a very long time, and the conference disbanded. Now they have nowhere to go, and nobody wants to take a chance on them because you're like, well, how long can this last, right? Is this just because you got a good class, this and that? Neither here nor there. As what I saw on Saturday was what I played in, what I knew as a kid, right? They, they're they getting out of the funk, and people are still going to be kind of skeptical, and they're like, ah, uh, it's just San Jose State. They should have won. Ah, uh, it's just Nevada. They should have won. Uh, it's Stanford. They should have won. Stanford game is going to be packed because people know this is the last weekender. So if you want to see a packed Coliseum the first time in a long time, go to Stanford because this is the last weekender, right? You're going to get into a, a, the crux of the of the season and figure out that this is a legit football team. By the time they come back from Boulder and they have to play Arizona, and Arizona has a very good quarterback, that's going to be their first true test. I'm not worried about Colorado Shador Sanders and all that and all that. He was sorry at Jackson State. He's not going to be getting the Pac-12. But <laughs> Arizona, first test. Then they have to go to Notre Dame. Then they have to play Utah. Then they get a break with Cal. Then they have to play UW. Then they have to play Oregon. Then they have to play UCLA. They're going to go through. A, they're going to go through a gauntlet from October 14th to November 18th. They're going to go through a gauntlet for a whole month. But they have a week zero game. They have enough games to get them ready. They have enough games to figure out what they want to do. But by the time they play UCLA and ready for the Pac-12 championship, they're going to be battle tested and playoff ready. Like this is not just a team that everybody is like, oh, they're just a Pac-12 team. No, nah, this isn't just a Pac-12 team. This is a national contender, and they have the talent to be a national contender, right? I, I may be critical, but I was taught in one of my trainings at work, if you're gonna if you're gonna reprimand, you got to give a bone. Here's the bone that I'm gonna give. They are a national championship contending team. This is a legit national championship contending team. This is a team that you have to worry about. If they make the playoff, can they have? Can they win it? Can they beat Georgia? Can they beat Alabama? That question I don't know yet because I haven't seen Georgia or Alabama play last year. They're not, they weren't able to beat Georgia or Alabama. They weren't there yet. But what I saw and what they're becoming. They're they're becoming a team that compete with could compete with those two teams. I'm not worried. I just want them to get better. I'm an alumni. I played there. I understand what UC, USC football is about. I grew up in South Central LA, 48th and Avalon. When the when the when the Coliseum was rocking, I could hear it from my house at my house. I am a true fan. I grew up with this. So when I when I am the way I am, it comes from a way better, way deeper place than you, Candace. I'm sorry. But <laughs> At the end of the day, you're right. I had to marry, I had to marry myself in Los Angeles. <laughs> but at the end of the day, they're they're where they need to be. Me in too, their, me too. <laughs> they're where they need to be, and they're in a good spot. And I'm not worried. Let's. What so I hear you saying, Al, is that Alabama fans are going to be rooting for you, Dub, to take Washington down. I mean, to take USC down. What I hear you saying is Georgia fans are going to be 
rooting for UCLA to take SC down. I think Other before schools. that, I think when they go to South. Yeah. Every week when the AP polls are coming out, we're going to game fans <laughs> in Tuscaloosa, in Athens, in Gainesville, wherever they're at, hoping USC comes down. I think I yeah. think when they play I think when they play Notre Dame they're gonna be like oh this is the first test and they're gonna drop like sixty on Notre Dame I saw oh. Notre I saw Notre Dame's fighting offense words. People, it, it's not it's fight. not fighting words I saw Notre Dame's offense it's it's a very methodical offense it's not very explosive they had look maybe four big plays maybe because they were playing maybe because they were playing Navy but I need to see Notre Dame play a legit contender and see if they're able to compete. I'm not scared of Notre Dame. I'm not scared of anybody right now until I see him play. I saw USC play, and I know the potential that USC <laughs> has, right? So this, like this, this is the first week, right? So this is week one, and we get to see all those games, right? Now, here's the deal. Alabama's going to play Backyard State University. Georgia's going to play Backyard yeah. State University, and, and they're going to blow them out by – Write that check. Yeah. Right. They're going to blow them out by Yeah, they're going to blow them out by 70, and they're going to be like, oh, Alabama, Georgia's the elite teams. Nope, nope. Play a, play a power – play a group of six school on your opening games. Do like we do. Like, we, we're not playing one double-A universities. We're playing group yeah. six schools. And it's Mountain West. Yeah, like – and they're, they're not just any team in the Mountain West. They're probably going to be competing for a Mountain West title. Yeah, so that's San Jose great- State was San Jose State was runner up last year. Yeah, they said they they think they'll win the conference. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that and just to be fair, they put up twenty eight points. So if that's not good for their confidence, they're whoever they're going to take on. I didn't look at their schedule, but they're going to dog walk them because they we like won't see how we won't see how good Notre Dame is until September twenty third when they play Ohio State. Notre Dame you know, plays Tennessee. They're just having the grass long. They're going to put on a shiny. No, they helmet. have they have they have turf now. They have turf they now. Turf. Oh, yeah. they're going to have touchdown Jesus just. With all the prayers. So. <laughs> no, Notre, no, no, Notre Dame. Notre Dame plays Tennessee State, North Carolina State, Central Michigan, and then Ohio State. So Central Michigan. Exactly. So like, it is. <laughs> like easy. All check games. So I'm not worried. I'm you know what I mean? Like we'll we'll find out when we get deep into the fall and where we where we really are. But this is a this is a competitive team. That's going to be competing for the national ranks. If they're I in, want the- to see, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. I want to see a USC team that executes. And let me live it on this side of the country. You, oh, they got this soft schedule. Oh, they're in the Pac-12. Oh, this. Oh, that. <laughs> Caleb Williams in the great because cool. Well, let us execute on some stuff, and then we'll come and see you in your in your backyard, Athens, wherever you want to line up at. So I'm excited to see some nice execution. Well, we I get mean, lucky next year because they play LSU. But go ahead, Ryan. Uh, that's right. I just want to end with this question because Candace brought it up. Like, how much how much shit does like Michigan in the Midwest talk about SC? Because like, you hear it all the time nationally. Is we're soft, Pac twelve. Let me LA. tell you right now, Braylon Edwards, who I hope you're listening, Braylon, who is probably all the twenty seven miles north from me. He's like, oh, y'all boys gonna get dog walked. Are we really? Because I was at my very first Rose Bowl, Braylon Edwards, and you did not win. I'm gonna say, ex Braylon Edwards, what happened when he came and saw us in the Rose Bowl? I remember being so torn because I'm like, damn, I grew up in Ann Arbor, seven years old, going to the big house. Brady was the QB. Like, that was life. And now I'm at USC. And these are my friends. Matt Liner is my friend. Frosty Rucker is my friend. Ronald, these are my friends. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, we're good. We're real good. So um, the big house, they're, they're a bit overrated. They can't yeah. move like your boy Zachariah. They can't. Yep. They, they, they don't have it. They, they Midwest boys. Now it will be a different. It will be a different climate next year when it when your boy Jim starts picking people from modern day, De La Salle, Long Beach Poly. They're now going to be like, "Oh, come to Ann Arbor. You, your parents will get to see you play." So that's a whole other conversation. Can this yeah. ain't nobody? Jim ain't coming to Long Beach Poly. It's not what he used to be. <laughs> not coming. No, Jim. You guys got you guys got spanked this weekend, right? Dog walked sixteen <laughs> to fifteen to this. Hey, but you got the. But you got, bro, you got like the, what's it called? The the American Game of the Week this week against uh, Mission Viejo? You guys' rival? Well, no. Michi- <laughs> all right. So, Mission Viejo. Uh, so, so are I they number to- one? Huh? Aren't they number one? No, they're not. No. Oh, no. Modern day. Modern, modern day probably is. Mission Viejo is always pretty good. So, when I was modern. talking, when I was talking to Mark's dad at the game, 
Um, because Mark was there and Ryan Ryan blew his opportunity. I said, Hey, you want to come talk to Mark Sanchez? And he was like, Uh-huh. And then well, I, was I, went, making a, I was making a damn chili dog, and you like caught me off guard. I didn't know you were saying and then Ryan's like, Mark Sanchez is my guy, John David Moody's my guy. Get I turn around and Mark Ryan's not there, and I'm talking to Mark, and then I'm talking to Mark's dad. I'm like, so I'm like, um, yeah, we play Mission Viejo. He's like, it's not the same. All our good players are at Bosco and Modern Day. He's like, it's the same thing for you. So it will be a good game because it's equally talented. So it's not the same. Yeah. Well, we'll talk. We'll have that talk about what the CIF did. It's pretty much destroyed high school football in Southern California. Yeah. <laughs> destroyed it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But definitely, hey, it's been a pleasure, you guys. It's always fun. Happy, congratulations, Candice, on being the softball champion. You know, like USA <laughs> softball, if you're looking for just a pinch runner, come get your girl, okay? Because definitely. I definitely can't catch, I definitely can't throw, but I can get to a base, not a problem. Ryan, I appreciate you. you. This is going to be fun this season. We're going to have a bunch of fun. You guys tune in, subscribe, like, leave all your comments. We actually do respond. <laughs> Sooner fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, definitely. No, it's been fun. I appreciate you guys. Guys, this has been the Bet Online Salute Detroit podcast. We will see you guys on Friday. Live free. Fight on.